the meeting will come to order. Welcome to the October meeting of Local Agency Formation uh, Commission in San Francisco. I am Supervisor Connie Chan, also the chair of this commission. I'm joined by Commissioners Gordon Marr uh, and uh, Commissioner Shanti Singh. Uh, the clerk uh, today uh, is Alyssa Samara. I also, I also like to thank the staff of SFGTV, SFGovTV for staffing this meeting. Uh, Madam Clerk, uh, do you have any announcements? Yes, Madam Chair. Today's LAFCO meeting is be, being held through a video conference and the members will participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Cable channel 26, 78, or 99, depending on your provider, and sfgovtv.org are streaming the public comment number across the screen. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. Meeting ID 2484-100-0027. Again, 2484-100-0027. Then pound and then pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, please dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, you may submit public comment via email to myself, the LAFCO clerk at Elisa, A-L-I-S-A, dot Samara, S-O-M-E-R-A, at S-F-G-O-V dot O-R-G, or by U.S. mail to one Dr. Carlton B. Goodlip Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit public comment in either of these alternative ways, they will be forwarded to the commissioners and included as part of the official file. Madam Clerk, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, please call the, uh, call the roll. Um, on the roll, uh, Commissioner Chan. Present. Chan, present. Commissioner Marr. Present. Marr, present. Commissioner Singh. Present. Seeing present. Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, please call item number two. Item number two is a findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2484-100-0027, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted and then you may begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, under California state law, this commission needs to make findings um, due to the COVID-19 public health emergency, a state executive order has allowed uh, policy bodies uh, like this one to meet by teleconference. Last month, the state legislature passed AB 361, which replaces the prior, prior uh, executive order and allows uh, policy bodies uh, to meet remotely, provided that they make certain, thing, certain findings that it is still necessary to meet by teleconference. This body must take, make findings that we have considered the circumstance of the state of emergency the state of emergency continues to directly impact ability of policy body members to meet safely in person, and that state 
and local officials continue to impose or recommend measures to promote social distancing, I would like to make those findings and make a motion to adopt them. But first, uh, we need to open this up for public comment. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item, please dial star three now to line up to speak. If you have not already done so, um, Ms. Pena, do we have anybody in the queue? We have one caller in the queue. If you could please put him forward, thank you. Uh, hello, Commissioners. Good morning. This is Eric Brooks with Californians for Energy Choice and uh, the local grassroots group, Our City San Francisco. So I would just note that um, probably for another couple of months, maybe longer, there are safety issues because of the Delta variant being so much better at spreading around even when people have been vaccinated. So, um, so that's just a note that I would continue teleconferencing. But uh, the other, the main thing I wanted to say is, regardless of whether the meetings are teleconferenced, it would be very important now that this has been opened up that the public still be allowed to call into meetings, even if they're live meetings, because that enables much uh, more robust public comment at uh, key moments. I know that a lot of times it's just been me and another person calling in, but there have been times on this committee and other committees when uh, something important needed to happen and and we were able to get a lot of people into a San Francisco Public Utilities Commission meeting about Clean Power SF, uh, and we would want to be able to do the same for LAFCO. So if you go back to live meetings, please do continue the policy of allowing people to call in for public comment. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. I believe that was the only caller. Yes, no more callers in queue. Thank you, Ms. Pena. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, seeing no more public comment, uh, public comment is closed for item number two. Um, I, I, uh, I just want to quickly respond and definitely um, colleagues, um, commissioners and, I, and Madam Clerk, I, I think we will continue to confer with city attorney uh, about moving forward and about both uh, meeting, you know, through teleconference, as well as uh, allowing public comments uh, remotely or, or in person. So we'll we'll bring you the updates when when it's time. Uh, Madam Clerk, should we go to item? Oh, I think we have to move this. Sorry. Yes. Um, resolution to approve. Yeah. Is there a motion to approve these findings? So move. Do we have a second? Second. Great, thank you. Um, uh, the motion is moved by Commissioner Marr and second by Commissioner Singh. Uh, do we need to call a roll for this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. On the motion for item number two, moved by Commissioner Marr, seconded by Commissioner Singh. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Singh. Aye. Singh, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you. Seeing without objection, this finding is approved. Madam Clerk, could you please call item number three? Yes, item number three is approval of the LAFCO minutes from the September 17, 2021 regular meeting. For members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415 655 
0001, meeting ID 24841000027, then pound and pound again. If they have not, if you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Madam Chair. Great, colleagues, do you have any changes to the minutes from the September 17th meeting? Seeing none, uh, Madam Clerk, uh, should we go to public comment? Yes, for members of the public who have not already done so, please press star three to be uh, added to the, the queue. If you, have, uh, if you are already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. Operations, is there anyone in the queue? No, it does not appear we have any callers. Great, seeing no public comments, public comment is now closed. I move to approve this minute. Uh, do I have a second? Second. Great, second by Commissioner Sang. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On item number three, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Singh. Aye. Singh, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you. Um, this motion is approved unanimously. Madam Clerk, please call item number four. Item number four is a chairperson's report. For members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 24841000027, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak, and the system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted when public comment is called. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, since we don't have an executive officer uh, as a staff at this moment, I will be providing a report today. Um, since our last meeting, a hiring panel interviewed applicants for LAFCO executive officer position. We have made an offer to the candidate who received uh, not only the highest score from the panel, but really um, it, it, quite, quite a gap between this candidate uh, among others. So truly, I, I appreciate the panelists uh, and the candidate um, but uh, because the candidate still needs to give their current employer notice, we will not disclose the name of the new executive officer until our next meeting, where we'll also appoint the new officer. Um, we're also assisting in the process in hiring a policy analyst to staff the reinvestment working group. The application opened on July 29, and the hiring panel decided to wait until our executive officer was hired before proceeding with hiring uh, a policy analyst. So the two staff will be working together. Um, we have confirmed that uh, with the new executive officer that they can join the hiring panel for this position. Uh, the job announcement reopened on September 7 and closed on September 24 uh, for the policy analyst position. The hiring panel will interview candidate later this month, the month of October, and hopefully uh, we'll have a, a candidate for us uh, to be hired in November. Lastly, uh, Coral Fellow Ashley uh, Goretti, I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly, uh, was placed within LACO to serve as a research associate from September through early October. Ashley worked closely with former Executive Officer Brian Gogol to research the city's climate policies, uh, how they are enforced, and identified common challenges. The report will be published as part of our November meeting, uh, which will take place on November 19, where Ashley will present uh, their findings to the commission and answer questions. Um, 
colleagues with that, I um, just wanted to look to you to see if you have any questions. Seeing no comment on the roster, uh, Madam Clerk, should we go to public comment? Yes, Madam Chair, um, operations is checking to see if there are any callers in the queue. If you could please let us know if there are any callers that are ready, Ms. Pena, if you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the queue. It appears we have no callers for this item. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, could you please, uh, seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Madam Clerk, please call item number five. Yes, and for the record, there was no action taken on item number four. Item number five is a community choice aggregation activities report, including the Clean Power SF Integrated Resource Plan, the COVID-19 Utility Debt Relief Program, Water Conservation and Service, and Enrollment and Service Statistics. For members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2484-100-0027, then pound in, then pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak, and the system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, but before we start, uh, before we go to uh, our Clean Power um, SF Director, Mike Hines, um, I would uh, just uh, mention that, you know, I, I think that while the presentation is limited to uh, 10 minutes, I, I think that for any materials that the public is interested in could always uh, inquire um, through us and to us. Uh, meanwhile, I also have urged our commissioners to also uh, in a separate time before the in advance of the, our monthly meetings that uh, we, we do take a time to have conversation and dialogue and get briefed by Director Hines so that we continue to build our knowledge and be educated uh, on these. Um, I, I find it, frankly, sometimes a rather uh, complex matter. So thank you, Director Hines, and we really appreciate you continue uh, working with us. Thank you. Good morning, Chair Chan and fellow commissioners. Uh, my name is Mike Himes. I'm the director of the Clean Power SF program for the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Um, to address your point, uh, you, the point you just made, Chair Chan, um, yes, I'm very happy uh, to uh, schedule regular briefings um, on topics of interest to the commissioners to, to help educate. Um, the electric sector is, is very complex, so, um, we're all always learning, uh, quite frankly. Um, so um, thanks for those initial remarks. Um, I did wanna just uh, start with some logistics. Um, the Although they're, they're commingled on the published agenda underneath the CCA report, we've, we've really got two presentations today covering two different PUC programs. Um, so our, I just wanted to lay out our plan. Um, I'm going to start by providing the Clean Power SF Community Choice Aggregation Program update. Once I present those items, I'll turn it over to my colleague, Julie Ortiz. Uh, Julie is the Water Conservation Manager for the SFPUC's Water Enterprise, and she'll present on water conservation programs. Um, we are um, also joined by Edith Castorena um, from the SFPUC, who's actually going to drive our slide decks. Um, so if the, if the Madam Clerk could please... Uh, give her presentation access, that would be uh, appreciated. Um, and then a question for you, um, 
Chair, uh, would you like us to pause between the presentations and take questions or wait till the end of our presentation and then answer questions uh, from the commission? I, I think let's pause if I may and just I, I want to make sure that my colleagues have the space and the time to process the information and ask um, on a specific subject uh, matter separately. Okay. okay, sounds great. Um, Edith, are you able to bring up the slides? Yep. Okay, great. Are those visible? Uh, yes, they are, thank you. Great. And if you could advance to slide two. Great, thank you. Um, so for our Clean Power Staff report today, I'm going to cover our latest program enrollment and service statistics. Um, I'll also provide an update on the implementation of Clean Power Stuff's 2020 Integrated Resource Plan. And lastly, I'll cover information on Clean Power Stuff customer debt and COVID-19 relief initiatives. Next slide. In fact, you can go one more. Um, enrollment and customer participation in Clean Power Stuff remains stable. Uh, since our last report last month, uh, in September. Um, our program opt-out statistics have been sort of wavering around 4.1 and 4.2%. Um, in this slide here, as of the time that we prepared this uh, late last week, and um, uh, we were seeing a 4.2%, uh, that's actually rounded. Uh, this week it's 4.1, so it's, it's, uh, it's sort of bouncing back between those two levels, but I just wanted to report that's the only change uh, right now. And to give you a little bit of context on that, uh, part of the reason why it, it's moving around there um, is uh, because of customers, um, residents moving within the city, uh, opening new accounts, when they open up a new account, they are enrolled into Clean Power SF. So we just, there's sort of a, an ebb and flow a little bit around um, customers moving in and out of um, uh, uh, apartments um, and homes in the city. Uh, Edith, if you could advance to the next slide. So for my update on the integra integrated resource plan today, I'm gonna focus uh, my information uh, really on stuff that we haven't shared. And there are slides here that we have presented, so I'll go through these quickly. Um, they're included here for reference and context, also to help both commissioners and members of the public. Um, this slide provides background information and context about our integrated resource plan or IRP process, which is a requirement for clean power staff under state law. Uh, an IRP is a long-term energy resource planning tool that helps identify electricity resource portfolios that meet regulatory requirements, policy goals, and support reliability in a cost-effective manner. Next slide, please. Last August, the SFPUC uh, Commission adopted Clean Power Stuff's 2020 IRP, which was submitted to the CPUC uh, in September of 2020. Uh, in that IRP, the SFPUC adopted a plan to accelerate Clean Power Stuff's achievement of 100% renewable and carbon-free energy by 2025. Next slide, please. The 2020 IRP adopted a number of renewable energy and energy storage capacity procurement targets, which we've covered in previous meetings and are summarized on this slide. We are making steady progress towards meeting these targets. 
Next slide, please. We are continuing to procure additional power supply resources to implement the IRP. This table summarizes our active resource procurement efforts. Uh, under long duration energy storage, um, I wanted to highlight that uh, as a part of a group of community choice energy programs that formed a new joint powers agency called California Community Power, we issued a solicitation for long duration energy storage resources last fall. As a reminder, long duration energy storage are technologies capable of storing energy and then discharging that energy continuously over an eight hour period of time. Last week, the California Community Power Board issued a notice of intent to contract with one of these facilities, a battery project that will be built in Kern County. The project capacity would be shared by participating CCA programs. The meeting information, including a video recording, is available on uh, the JPA's website at uh, cacommunitypower.org. Uh, under the JPA model, California Community Power will enter into a contract with a long duration storage project developer, and Clean Power SF would then enter into a project participation agreement with the other participating CCAs and the JPA, California Community Power, to receive a share of the benefits of the long duration storage project. Negotiations are wrapping up for this first project and contract documents are getting finalized right now. We anticipate that the California Community Power Board will vote on moving forward with the contract for its first project at its meeting in December. We are planning to seek approval from our commission and the Board of Supervisors to participate in the proposed project through California Community Power later this year and early next. So we'll continue to keep the LAFCA Commission informed of this as, as we move forward. Um, another item I wanted to highlight that isn't explicitly stated but is related to this sort of next item under utility scale um, is that we have negotiated an amendment to add battery storage to an existing renewable energy contract that Clean Power SF has with uh, Next Era Energy Resources. If approved, the amendment would authorize Clean Power SF to purchase solar power from the facility with the added benefit of, of a battery to store the solar power and discharge it during times when that energy is in greater need by Clean Power SF and the state grid. The addition of battery storage uh, greatly enhances the project's flexibility and improves its reliability value to the grid. The addition of battery storage addresses some of the battery storage requirement need identified in Clean Power SF's IRP. If approved, NextEra will construct the new battery at the site of the solar project in the summer of 2022 with a target operation date of October of next year. Our commission approved the amendment at its meeting on September 28th. We plan to present the amendment to the Budget and Finance Committee next week. Um, I don't have any other updates on other, initiative, other initiatives identified here that we have underway, but they are underway and we are making progress and we'll continue to update this body um, in future presentations as we have new information to share. Next slide, please. 
In addition to our renewable procurement, we are expanding our customer program offerings as well. This table lists our operating and in, develop, in development customer programs, and we presented this to you last month as well. Um, the initiatives we have under development that are identified here are still on track. Uh, we will continue to update you if there are any changes. Um, I also want to mention, uh, and we can uh, discuss this during Q&A with the commission, but if it's of interest to the commission for us to return at an upcoming meeting with a, a slightly deeper dive on the program's landscape for Clean Power SF customers, I know this is an area of interest for a number of, of the commissioners, um, and we've, we've had discussions in previous meetings, um, so I want to put that out there for consideration. Um, next, next slide, please, Judith. Or Edith, excuse me. Um, okay, so let's transition now to the issue of clean powers of customer debt and, and what's going on to support these customers and protect them from utility service disconnections. Um, as requested by the chair, we provided an update to our clean powers of customer bill delinquency data in the next several slides. All of the data reflected on these maps reflects amounts owed as of mid-August. Previously, we've utilized a 90 days delinquent uh, delinquency metric uh, when reporting to this body, um, but we've uh, modified that here um, to show data reflecting 60 days delinquent, 60 days or more delinquent. Um, the reason for that is it's the threshold utilized to determine eligibility for uh, relief programs um, that are uh, being rolled out uh, at the state level. So the map shown here depicts the percentage of Clean Power SF residential customers that are more than 60 days delinquent on their electricity bill by zip code. The darkest shaded zip codes represent the highest concentration of customers that are delinquent and the lighter shaded zip codes represent the least. Um, the delinquency rate represents the number of Clean Power SF customers that are delinquent divided by the total number of Clean Power SF customers in each zip code. In total, there are almost 25,000 residential Clean Power SF customers that are 60 days or more delinquent on their Clean Power SF electricity charges. This represents about 7% of Clean Power SF residential customers. Data for zip codes where there are only limited numbers of Clean Power SF customers has been aggregated. I just wanted to point that out to protect our customers' privacy um, consistent with our policy and state law. Next slide, please. This map depicts the average past due balance for residential customers more than 60 days delinquent. The amounts past due uh, at that threshold uh, range from about $85 to $225. These dollar amounts only represent the amount that the customers owe Clean Power SF. Since Clean Power SF customers also must pay PG&E for transmission and distribution, uh, in total, they, they may have uh, almost twice this in actual uh, past due amounts. Um, next slide, please. Uh, this map depicts the percentage of commercial customers more than 60 days delinquent on their electricity bill by zip code. There are uh, about 2,000 commercial uh, Clean Power SF customers that are in the 60 days or more delinquent category. Again, that's also uh, about 7% of Clean Power SF's commercial customers. 
90% of the delinquent customers take service on our small commercial rate schedules. Um, next slide, please. And lastly, this map depicts the average amount delinquent by zip code for commercial customers with arrears more than 60 days. Um, the amounts range uh, from $285 to as much as $1,600. Uh, um, and again, this only represents the clean power SF uh, amounts owed, uh, does not include the transmission and distribution. Um, in total, uh, for the commercial sector, we have about $1.7 million uh, in arrears that are in this category of more than 60 days past due. Next slide, please. Uh, so as we've been reporting to LAFCO, the CPUC opened a proceeding in February of this year to address um, about a billion dollars in COVID-19 debt across uh, the state's utility service areas that are regulated by the CPUC um, and to adopt policies regarding customer disconnections for non-payment. Next slide. Again, we've, we've shared this meeting information at previous meetings. What's key to know here is that the disconnection moratorium for pg e ended in September. Consistent with the CPUC's decision, customers with more than 60 days of arrears on their energy bills were automatically enrolled into a repayment plan, uh, which is summarized here. If the customer remains in their repayment plan, they will not be at risk of disconnection. Next slide, please. Uh, this is some new information I wanted to share with you uh, today um, that we haven't covered previously. There were provisions um, in the CPUC's decision just referenced uh, to support small business um, and that established repayment plans for small business as well. Um, the decision actually requires similar relief measures for small business customers to residential. Um, notably, it suspended disconnections until new payment plans uh, were in place for small business. Uh, it directed the investor and utilities to automatically enroll small business customers in plans with payoff terms long enough to support reasonable bill impacts. I believe it limited the um, monthly payment to no more than 10% of um, the customer's normal monthly bill. Uh, customers um, enrolled in a um, payment plan are not eligible for disconnection, just like residential customers. Um, it was uh, also ordered by the CPUC um, for the investor and utilities to develop a disadvantaged communities pilot program. Um, this pilot program would provide outreach and counseling to small business customers located in disadvantaged communities on programs, incentives, and rates to help them lower their bills. The decision encourages the investor and utilities to work with local community-based organizations to assist with this outreach and counseling. Uh, the plans uh, are due to the CPUC from the investor and utilities by the end of this month, October 28th. Our regulatory team at the PUC is actively engaged in this and along with other CCA programs um, is advocating that our customers be eligible to participate in the pilot, uh, which was initially not clear um, and we're happy to, uh, again, continue to report back on developments on this initiative. Um, so the last two slides here are repeats from previous meetings, again, left uh, in this deck 
for um, reference and context. Um, but in the interest of time, I'm going to stop here and um, I'm happy to take any questions that, that the commission may have for me. Thank you, uh, Director Himes. I, I, uh, colleagues, if you have questions, uh, if you have questions, please do put your name in the roster now so we can call on you. But Director Himes, I think my question is referencing to uh, one of your slides for the small business and trying to understand the definition of small business uh, for the state level, whether uh, how does it compare to our definition in the city and county of San Francisco for small business? Just trying to understand like who exactly qualify from the city as small business. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I understand. Um, uh, I may need to double check our, our city's own definitions um, on small business, um, but generally um, in the electric sector, it's determined by the rate um, plan that the customer is on. And normally that is uh, set based on um, the customer's demand and usage characteristics so sort of like um, they're they're small because they use less energy than a larger um, business. But to give you a sense of sort of who we're talking about here, um, as far as the delinquencies, um, what we've seen is that food service places uh, represent the largest proportion of delinquent commercial customers, something that probably is not surprising with COVID and the shutdown of restaurants um, and reduced service. Um, other um, small business customers that we've seen uh, in this um, group of delinquents, uh, delinquent accounts are uh, bars, uh, salons, and hotels, uh, smaller hotels. Um, Together, those group, those categories um, uh, make up the lar uh, the most of the, the the delinquent commercial accounts. Great. Um, for when you return in November, um, we I, I I I would love to see for the customer programs that you've been operating, and also I know that the for example the electric heater doesn't it's not going to take place until. Uh, 2022, uh, but you do have that low income inverter program that is launching this fall. Would love that when you do return in November, kind of give us an understanding of the number of uh, customers that actually are participating in each program. Uh, and if possible, uh, the, the zip codes of, of those, um, a breakdown of those uh, actually are utilizing the programs. So just to give us a better understanding. Okay, I've got some notes on, on what you're looking for. Um, uh, I may follow up with your staff uh, yeah. between meetings to get a little bit more clarity on that, but but we will update you for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, I appreciate uh, whatever um, information, Director Himes, I know that you mentioned through the presentation that you thought that we sh you should um, go back and and presents that, and and I I look forward to your feedback as well on to highlight the information that you deem important for not just for the commission but really general public to to um, understand. Will do. Uh, yeah, thank you, Kali. Do you have any? Oh, I do see Commissioner Singh. Hi. Yeah, just wanted to say yes. Thank you so much for the for these reports. Um, I would definitely want to take you up on that offer of a deeper dive into um, some of the uh, 
stuff around our, our battery storage and solar portfolio and all of that good stuff. Um, especially in particular, I'm really interested in seeing if there's any, I mean, has there been any sort of analysis about like, or projections? I know it's really hard considering how battery technology is improving and long-term storage is improving, but we don't necessarily can't predict the future about how that's going to play out over the next 10 years or so. And that's really what our planning cycle is. But I would be really interested if um, PUC or anyone has done any kind of analysis um, about how that might help us um, reach some of our targets faster or um, anything of that sort. So I'd be really interested in if, if there's been any analysis done and seeing that at some point, whether offline or in a meeting. Okay, yeah. Um, we're happy. I think what I'm, but make sure I understand what you're looking for. Um, uh, it sounds like in part, a bit more information sort of on trends and projections for um, uh, the deployment or development of these new technologies. Um, uh, and, and then also some analysis around how it will help, um, help us uh, manage more renewable energy on the grid. Is that, is yeah. that my characterizing that correctly? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Singh. Commissioner Marr. Um, thanks, Chair Chan. Um, yeah, Mr. Hyams, thanks for the, the updates. Um, I, I was, again, I'm particularly interested in the um, um, incentive programs um, for um, clean energy and, and building decarbonization. Um, I, you know, recently, Burra had um, commissioned the Budget and Legislative Analyst Office to conduct some um, analysis on building decarbonization of our housing stock, and um, and we held a hearing on that recently. And um, you know, that that's 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 a major um, undertaking for our city. That's going to cost billions of dollars to fully um, um, decarbonize our housing stock. And um, so, really excited to see the um, the, the the heat pump. Um, um, Water heater incentive program moving forward um, as one of the first, um, yeah, steps that we're taking just in to support homeowners. Um, and um, I was just wondering what what the scope of that is, um, like how how much money is, funding is allocated. I understand some of it's coming from is it Bayran, and then we're adding in some more. Yeah, yeah, and th and that's one of the things I hope that we can get into a bit more detail on in this in this up, upcoming briefing, but I can give you a little bit more color on that right now. Um, so there are actually multiple programs that are out there. I and mean, I think you just alluded to sort of, you know, our programs supplementing Bayren. Um, one thing I wanted to emphasize is that the program that we're rolling out um, that Clean Power Stuff is supporting uh, financially is, um, is actually targeted at the contractors. It's really the, um, the, the companies that do boiler replacements. Um, and the goal here is really to bring up the um, familiarity, knowledge, comfort um, within the sector that's actually installing this equipment um, uh, within the city and across the Bay Area, because this is actually a regional program that we're participating in. Um, so that, uh, you know, residents, homeowners, they're being approached by, um, 
the contractors with this technology um, and that it's not the necessarily the homeowners asking a contractor who may not be familiar about it um, or is just something that they don't, you know, they're, they're not deploying on a regular basis. So um, we have approved um, almost $500,000 um, in incentive funds to support um, uh, uh, a, um, an incentive payment that would go to contractors for each system that they install. So, um, and the idea is that's gonna help the contractors bring the price down for the consumers and make it more competitive uh, for installation. Um, and that's also sort of a hook for us to connect with, for this program to connect with the contractors and, and educate them about it. Um, so that's the goal of the program that we're rolling out. In parallel with that, Bayren is offering incentives through its Home Plus program um, directly to uh, homeowners and, uh, and, and other um, uh, residential customers uh, to install these technologies. So um, there's sort of a, um, uh, you know, intensification, I guess you could say, of the incentives that are available both, um, you know, directly to the, the consumer, but then also kind of midstream at the contractor uh, level. Is that helpful? Yes, that is. Thanks for explaining that. And would, I'd love to follow up with you and the PUC staff that are working on this for more details. I mean, I think that that sounds great to that we're focused on the contractors. Even from my own experience, I, I had contra contacted a, a neighborhood electrical contractor, you know, about a heat pump um, installation at my house, and they said that they they don't really do that. So yeah, I think there is a need for um, support and capacity building for our, our local contractors. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think a simple way of thinking about this, right, is we have supply and we have demand and we need to sort of stimulate both sides of that, right? The supply side too. Great. Well, thanks for all your work on this, Mr. Hyams yeah. and the C staff. Thank you, Commissioner Marr. Um, I share the sentiment. I just recently have my water heater replaced and but it was sort of emergency and, and we couldn't quite find ways to install an electric one. So I, not just, not just uh, finding someone to install it too, but also the product itself is rather expensive and not quite affordable uh, or, and hard to find. Um, great. Uh, without seeing any other questions on the roster, uh, Director Haim, shall we move to um, is, is Julia or Julie uh, Ortiz? Julie, yeah. Julie, sorry. Thank you. Um, good morning, commissioners, staff, and members of the public. Thank you for inviting me to speak at this morning's meeting. Uh, I'm Julie Ortiz. I am with the SFPUC's Water Enterprise, and I work in our Water Resources Division, and I manage the SFPUC's Retail Water Conservation Program. Um, just a quick note, conservation assistance for communities in San Mateo, Alameda, and Santa Clara counties that receive water from the PUC on a wholesale basis get conservation assistance through the Bay Area Water Supply and Conservation Agency, or BOSCA for short. Um, Edith, could I have my uh, second slide? Great. 
So I, uh, we're just going to give a brief presentation briefly on water supply and drought actions and then give an overview of our conservation program. So we are entering the third year of worsening drought conditions. Um, our total regional water storage is at about 60% of capacity and normally for this time of year, it's at 82%. Um, so we're lower than where we wanna be. We uh, staff are uh, going to our SFPUC commission on November 9th uh, to seek their approval to declare a local water shortage emergency. And by doing so, that then enables us to access some resources that are only available during emergency times. Um, we are also going to be asking for a regional system-wide 10% reduction in water use um, from 2019-2020 levels. I know it says 5% here, and I didn't get a chance to update my slides, but the ask is a regionally across our system, 10%. Likely we would be seeking more from our wholesale regions and less from San Francisco, um, which might be closer to 5%, but that would be a policy call by our commission. Um, in San Francisco, we do have a very low residential per capita water use. It is one of the lowest in the states and about half the state average. And um, I'm also happy to report that since we started to have drought outreach messaging, we have seen customer response and have um, achieved some savings. So we have been doing, um, we regularly do conservation outreach um, all the time. In the spring, we did start messaging more about the drought and we are currently working on expanding um, that into a drought outreach campaign that will begin this fall and uh, continue over the winter. Next slide, please. So the SFPUC has had a very comprehensive retail water conservation program for many decades. It includes a wide mix of incentives to help customers uh, save water, assistance, ways that we actually go and provide them services, tools, education, and mandates. And it is based on best practices that we know from nationally and across California and locally, studies that we've done and studies that um, other experts have done, as well as looking really closely at our local conditions and what our water savings opportunities are. And a really important thing to note is that um, while us conservation staff become uh, the popular kids during drought, our program operates rain or shine. Uh, we do expand efforts, of course, when we are in drought conditions. Next slide, please. So while our SFPUC program has many, many uh, assistance programs that try to encourage our customers and water users to voluntarily reduce water, and then we have additional requirements or asks during drought, I just wanted to note that there are a number of permanent um, requirements locally that um, require water efficiency. And just a few are noted on this slide. There's requirements that properties replace old water wasting plumbing fixtures, including toilets, shower heads, and faucets. There are requirements about uh, water efficient planting and irrigation for new or remodeled landscapes over a certain size. And then we have permanent bans on um, certain types of water waste, and that includes irrigation or washing things outside that result in lots of runoff, um, non-recirculating fountains, hoses without shutoff nozzles, and irrigating during rain, and there are others as well. 
Um, and again, this slide does not include a whole host of requirements that we here need to meet uh, to maintain water efficiency across our customer base, um, as well as a few other, but there's some of the core ones. Next slide, please. So this slide uh, provides an overview of our current conservation assistance measures. And as I mentioned, they're broadly categorized by incentives, meaning either rebates or discounts, financial incentives that we provide customers and water users for uh, making replacements to existing equipment or landscaping or systems with more water efficient ones. Um, among our more popular incentives are our ongoing toilet a replacement program where we will provide water efficient toilets for free um, and the installation um, in residential properties that have old ones. And we also, as I mentioned, have a host of assistance services. Um, very popular are indoor and outdoor water wise evaluations with our expert conservation technicians. Um, we offer those both virtually, um, which was uh, important during COVID and in person as well. And then we do have a host of tools. Um, we provide courtesy leak alerts for all customer types. If they have uh, water usage patterns that look like they may be a leak or something problematic. And we have an online platform that allows customers to log on. In addition to, to uh, doing account services, they can see their daily and even hourly water use. Um, so it's a good tool for helping them check to see if they're um, over or under or um, have an, anything unusual. And then uh, we offer a lot of ongoing education. We reach out regularly to top um, users, meaning those who are in the top percent of water users for their customer sector. We do a lot through social media and we have education aimed at um, school age kids as well as adults and demonstration gardens. And I already touched on some of the many mandates we have. If we um, can't get people to voluntarily be water efficient, there are requirements um, on many fronts. Next slide, please. So this slide reflects just some of the message points that we put out to our customers, top ways that they can be water efficient, um, again, it depends if we're reaching out to property owners and our account holders or tenants, um, but uh, this is just to get give you an idea of some of the ways and some of the things we're communicating. We, of course, always encourage those um, who have access to their bills or to our online platform to analyze their water use so they can see uh, how they're doing. Um, a very key message we um, continuously try to get out there is to fix leaks promptly and we offer a lot of services to help people identify them quickly and also to fix them and of course to replace old fixtures whether those be toilets clothes washers shower heads or some of the primary water using um, devices within a home and then we have also guidelines we put out about um, how to make landscape irrigation efficient and and general actions that at this point have become probably common sense for most folks, but um, particularly for people who may live in apartments and they don't have control over their property or their fixtures or any physical changes, there are certainly just uh, common sense water-wise behavioral 
practices that we encourage. Next slide, please. So um, if you are interested in more ways that uh, we could get information out to your constituents or to the public, um, uh, I do encourage folks to start on our website at sfpuc.org save water. And uh, from there, we do have a comprehensive drought resource guide that links to all of the various services and incentive programs we're currently offering. And it has additional ways that you can contact us. So those are all the slides I have. Um, I guess I pause here and see if anyone has questions. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Ortiz. Um, I, I would love for you to return uh, or uh, whatever, whoever you're on your team to answer the questions. Um, I, I really appreciate the water conservation efforts, specifically, you know, with the uses of uh, residential uh, users. Uh, what I would love to see when you return in November, given the authority of municipal service review of this body, that I would like to see the uses of city departments. Uh, of city and county of San Francisco. I like to understand who are the top users uh, uh, of, from city departments and what is the measures that are gonna, given the fact that we're going through a drought, what are the measures that actually city government is doing uh, to conserve the water as well? Uh, another part I would like to see when you return uh, or when your team return uh, is the commercial and industrial uses of water um, in San Francisco, mm -hmm. which commercial or which industry is the top user of water in uh, in San Francisco or the city and county in San Francisco. And again, what is uh, SFPUC doing and offering them uh, in the effort of water conservation? I, I do think that per capita, uh, I have seen that, uh, I think data as well as, as that, that I think it was published in the Chronicle that we are by far, you know, one of the lowest, uh, you know, uh, per capita in water use throughout the entire state. but. I just also want to see how do we compare as a city government and uh, commercial uses. Thank you. Uh, and Commissioner Singh. I know it's just the theme of me giving people more homework, <laughs> but if, if, this, if this data is available, um, I would also love to see if there's any kind of um, uh, geographical distribution on residential usage. Again, you know, if that's too much of a lift, I completely understand. But if we do have that information, I would love to see that as well um, across the city. You know, is it is it the people are, especially thinking about, you know, how much are people using on, say, their lawns versus people who don't have lawns, et cetera. And maybe there's other implications that, that sort of come with that, um, with the with the geography there. So thank you. Terrific. Um, it sounds like coming back in November then and addressing this comprehensively would uh, be your preference. Um, so I will take that back to my team and we'll work on getting materials together. Thank you, Ms. Ortiz and Commissioner Marr. Yeah, thanks. Um, I also I just wanted to also say that I'm interested in understanding um, the state of our, our aquifer, our, our aquifers in San Francisco, particularly the West Side um, Basin. And I, um, I mean, I know we have, we're able to sort of uh, um, have less impact on, on the extreme drought that's been playing out for years than other, other parts of the state, you know, due to our, um, the fact that we were able to get water from Hetch Hetchy. But, um, but I know our, we, we, several years ago, we started um, um, tapping our, our, um, our aquifer and, and 
um, particularly the West Side Basin, um, to mix in with the Hetch Hetchy water. And I know that their PUC had plans to increase the, um, the tapping of our, our groundwater. Um, so I, I'd be interested in understanding that sort of how this extreme drought is impacting our, um, yeah, our, our aquifers, particularly the West Side Basin, and what that means for um, the PUC's plans to, to, um, to increase, um, um, yeah, our groundwater in our water supply. Um, were there any aspects of those questions you wanted me to address briefly now, or is your preference um, to have a more holistic follow-up presentation in November? I just want to be respectful of time. I guess I, I was more interested in having that be included in the November okay. presentation discussion. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Ortiz. I, I, I actually echo like Commissioner was saying, we, we, we are here to give you some homework and ask some questions. And, uh, but we appreciate the initial uh, presentation, just kind of give us an understanding of residential use. Um, with that, you know, hopefully we, we can continue this ongoing, com continue this conversation and give you a little bit of just a direction about you know, with the information that we're looking for from this body. So we really appreciate you working with us, answering our questions. Terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we want to welcome you back. See, okay. now, <laughs> not going to be the only one. <laughs> get I look spot. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And uh, commissioners, uh, seeing no one else on the roster for more questions, uh, Madam Clerk, shall we go to a public comments for this item? Uh, yes, Madam Chair, DT is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. Ms. Payne, please let us know if there are any callers that are ready. If you have not already done so, please press star three. Now to be added to the speaker line for those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. We have the first caller, please. We have two callers in queue. Thank you. Go ahead, caller. So my name is uh, Francisco da Costa. And one of the things that is happening today while we watch the TV, we cannot see the number to call. So the only other way to find out about the number is to go to your computer. And so this should be ratified immediately. Now, having said that, uh, when it comes to conservation, San Francisco, uh, the residents of San Francisco conserve a lot of water. But we must also remember that we have a population of 840,000, but this increases when we have conventions and all to over a, a million and a half, and you all don't make mention of that. But what I would challenge you all to do is, rather than ramble, and talk about this, that, and the other, I want to know in real time how many millions of gallons of water are leached into the ground. At one time, we had four pipes bringing the water from Hatch Hatchie. Now we have three. Again, I want to know in real time how many millions of gallons of water leach into the ground. This should be factored in because we just can't take for granted that we get the water from Hatch Hatchy, which was stolen from the indigenous people, that we store the water 
at Crystal Springs in our reservoirs here in the city, but we don't pay attention to how many millions of gallons of water, clean drinking water, leach into the ground. Now, once you get an idea about that, we can talk about the other nonsense that y'all have been talking about the boilers and this and that. That's fine. But water is precious. In fact, for the indigenous people, water is life. If we don't understand that, we don't understand fundamentally what humans need to survive. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. May we have the next caller, please? Good morning again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks with Californians for Energy Choice and the local grassroots group, Our City San Francisco. So um, first on uh, the Clean Power SF, it's just a quick note that it's great that the SFPUC is doing one project of, of nine megawatts locally. That's progress. But I just want to remind that if we did a project like that every year for the next 10 years, that would only get us to 25% locally uh, resilient to clean energy. And so redirect you to the letter, that the group letter that was sent to you that, to ask the board and LAFCO to move forward on a 100% local renewable plan. On water, it's very important that the SFPC, now that we're in a lot of drought, start doing um, – working on rainwater catchment. And also, I uh, personally live in a building owned by Veritas Investments. It's a $4 billion firm, which is the biggest landlord in San Francisco. Uh, the supervisors know it well uh, because of its uh, malfeasance. And well, part of that malfeasance is the fact that it is notorious for not doing repairs properly and, and quickly enough, including the water systems, allowing leaks that shouldn't be allowed to continue so it's very important that the SFPUC and the LAFCO and the Board of Supervisors start cracking down on these big corporate landlords and make them do proper repairs on water systems so that we can save even more water now that we've got more drought. And then finally, I wanted to talk about I am a care customer on PG&E. I have lower bills. I've chosen to live on a purposely low income uh, uh, for voluntary simplicity and that means I'm eligible for care, so I signed up for care. And the PG&E is not notifying care customers the way it used to by mail and comprehensively to get them to reapply for care. I got one voicemail from PG&E about reapplying for the uh, program this year. I did not get one in the mail. I did not get anything through email. And I only got that one reminder. And if we don't get on PG&E and uh, – Mike, if you could make sure and report back to SFPC and get them to send notices out to care customers to reapply, we may find that we have a situation where a lot of care customers get kicked off, their utility bills will double, and it will make them very, very likely to look at Clean Power SF and think that that's the problem and leave the program. So it's very important that the SFPC Power Enterprise reach out to all the uh, Clean Power SF customers and tell them up to apply for their, reapply for their care program because PG&E is not, no longer effectively noticing it. Uh, those are my comments. Thanks. Thank you for your comments, Mr. Brooks. Uh, Madam Chair, that concludes the public comment. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comment, 
public comment is now closed. This is the information item. Madam Clerk, can you please call item number six? Yes, item number six is consideration to, uh, to appoint one public member term ending February 22nd, 2022 to the Local Agency Formation Commission. There's one seat with two applicants, but I believe one of them has withdrawn. Madam Chair, oh, uh, members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2484-100-0027, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have been that you have raised your hand. Please wait until public comment is called and the system indicates that you have been unmuted. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, colleagues, uh, last month we uh, really continued the, uh, the application period extended for by a month because at that time we only have two applicants. We thought that perhaps we should for, for the purpose of being transparent and fair, that we, we wanted to extend it by a month uh, with, with your approval that we, we did so. Um, and, and however, though, as Madam Clerk has explained to us, uh, with, even with the two applicants, um, that one has now formally withdrawn their application uh, with, with the one applicant remain. However, I don't think that, you know, this one applicant uh, is... Uh, in any way less qualified. Uh, in fact, I think we're very fortunate uh, to have this one applicant, uh, Ms. Jackie Filter, to hear, um, to present and speak with us. And, and uh, uh, Ms. Filter will have uh, two minutes of time to uh, make her comments, but uh, I, I urge you to open this uh, for question uh, section. So uh, Ms. Filter, the floor is yours. Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Hello, commissioners and staff and members of the public. Uh, my name is Jackie Fielder and I'm applying to uh, be another commissioner on LAFCO. So a little bit about myself. I graduated from Stanford with a bachelor's in public policy and a master's in sociology. I actually did my senior capstone project on the Bay Area Water Supply and Conservation Agency, looking at um, actually drought and um, making sure that customers still had access to their water. Um, I'm a renter in the mission. I co-founded the San Francisco Public Bank Coalition in 2017, which is one of my motivations for applying to this commission as LAFCO is overseeing the working group that is set to come up with a business plan and, and application for our municipal public bank. However, I've also taken an interest in um, renewable energy and educating myself, especially the past few years around Clean Power SF, um, emerging research on decarbonization. It was great to hear the earlier presentations about where we're headed there. And of course, the challenges of meeting our goals while also providing affordable, se secure, reliable um, energy to all all of the San Francisco residents and commercial customers. I'm also interested because I'm, I'm keen to bridge the divide between the public bank and the decarbonization efforts of, uh, of Clean Power SF. They're not separate, they're actually quite related. And looking into um, examples even abroad, for example, in Germany, uh, where their public bank was a huge 
resource to magnify their funds to fund, fund and finance their transition to a largely renewable energy system. So looking forward to bringing all of my skills and energy to this work, looking forward to meeting and um, getting to know the work of, of LAFCO, um, but thank you for considering my application. Thank you, Ms. Fielder. Uh, colleagues, do you have any questions that you would like to ask? Um, yeah, I'll just, um, Chair Chan, I just wanted to thank um, Jackie for um, um, stepping up, or her willingness to step up and, and, and join us on the LAFCO Commission. And um, yeah, I, I think um, even if there were 100 applicants, I can't think of many that, that would, would be more qualified and, and better to, 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 to step into this role. I'm replacing um, um, Commissioner Cruz Pollock. And, and so really look forward to um, you bringing your bold um, and um, strategic ideas and, 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 um, and, and work to LAFCO and really connecting the dots, as you said, between um, addressing our climate crisis and, and move to a clean, a clean economy in San Francisco with Public Bank. So I'm um, really excited. Thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, Supervisor. Commissioner Singh. Yeah, I'll just echo Commissioner Mars' statements. And also, you know, when, it, when Commissioner Cruz Pollock left, I was thinking nervously about what, what big shoes she left to fill. But I, you know, I'm, I, I think that Jackie is more than up to the task. So very excited. Well, it sounds like that's a glowing, um, uh, recommendation for you, Ms. Fielder, and, and uh, in this case, uh, I will not hold up <laughs> this conversation further because I think we're all very much aligned. Um, I, 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 I echo the sentiments of, from my fellow commissioners. I think that we are very fortunate to have uh, your interest to join us. Uh, as you can see that while this body may be small at this moment, uh, I think that our, our agenda is grand and the vision is grand and there's a, actually a lot of work ahead of us and we, we all need to put our heads together. And I, I do believe that this is a moment that while technical expertise requires, which we really are thankful to have the partnership with SFPUC uh, and in this case also um, clerk's office and with the public bank, uh, treasurer's office and others, uh, we, we also most definitely need the social, economic, and racial equity lens uh, through the work that we do together and move the agenda forward. So uh, with that, um, is there a motion to appoint uh, Ms. Jackie Fielder as a public member, term ending February 22nd, 2022, to, oh, wait, I realized I need to do public comments. <laughs> My uh, apologies. Madam Chair, you may want to go ahead and take the motion first. That way the uh, members of the public can go ahead and um, make the public comment on the motion. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, so a motion to appoint Jackie Fielder as a public member, term ending February 22nd, 2022, to the Local Agency, Commission, uh, Local Agency Formation Commission. Uh, so moved. I need a second. Second. Thank you. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Uh, before we take the vote, we'll go ahead and take public comment, though. Um, 
For members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please press star three now to line up to speak. For members of the public who are already waiting on hold, please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. Ms. Payne, do we have any callers who are ready? We have two callers in the queue. Thank you. Go ahead, first caller. So first and foremost, again, this is Francisco da Costa. We need to have a broader vision about what is at stake. You don't mention about a conference that is being held in China today on biodiversity. You do not mention another conference that's going to be held on climate change, which we need to pay attention to. Uh, this is not about uh, saying things. This is about action. The young people are fed up of people just talking in circles, patting each other's behinds, and doing nothing. This is about action. So I do not see you having a website where we have real-time adverse impacts on particulates on the carbon footprint in San Francisco. Yet you all talk in circles. You know, you, are, you are really are not educated on issues. If you are educated on issues, then you all will be talking about empirical data. If you all continue to having these virtual meetings and there's nothing uh, of substance, nothing viable and sustainable, you're just wasting people's time. So I encourage you all to talk about actions so that at every meeting you can tell us what the hell you all did and what the hell needs to be done. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Can we have the next caller, please? Good morning again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks, Californians for Energy Choice and local grassroots group, Our City, San Francisco. So I just want to add to the glowing endorsement. Uh, when I read the agenda and saw that Jackie Fielder was up to fill the, uh, the new public seat that's been freed up by Cynthia leaving, my jaw dropped and I said yes out loud, really loud. Uh, uh, because I can think of no better person to fill this seat than Jackie. Uh, many of us supported her efforts to run for a seat in the state legislature. Uh, and, uh, you know, you heard just from what she said that she's got the right comprehensive vision to link together things like public bank and clean energy, and there will be housing issues, and, you know, and all of these relate to the public bank as well. Los Angeles is now getting ahead of us on public banks, so San Francisco better catch up. And I cannot think of a better uh, anchor for that than Commissioner Singh and future Commissioner Fielder, uh, two very strong public bank advocates. So, um, so the advocate community out here just wants to give a huge thumbs up to appointing Jackie Fielder to the other public seat. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Ms. Payne, do we have any other callers in line? No more callers in queue. Ah, great, thank you. Madam Chair? 
Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comments, public comments is now closed. Madam Clerk, please call the roll on the motion. Uh, on the motion to appoint Jackie Fielder to the public um, to the public seat, Commissioner Mar. Aye. Mar, aye. Commissioner Singh. Aye. Singh, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Congratulations, Ms. Fielder, and we'll see you in November as our commissioner. Thank you, commissioners. See you then. Thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk, could you please call item number seven? Yes, item number seven is general public comment. For members of the public who wish to provide public comment, please call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2484-100-0027, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three now to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted and then you may begin your comments. Ms. Pena, do we have any callers in queue? It appears we have no callers, Madam Chair. Great, seeing no public comments. Public comments section is now closed. Madam Clerk, can you please call on item number eight? Yes, item number eight is future agenda items. So members of the public wish to provide public comment on this item. Please call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2484-100-0027, then pound and then pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Uh, it appears we have one caller in the queue, uh, but Madam Clerk, did you go? Um, yeah, we'll take public comment after you're done. Great, thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk and colleagues, do you have any uh, things for the future agenda item? Uh, seeing none, um, colleagues, I just wanna be, uh, I, I just wanna remind uh, Director Hines and Ms. Uh, Julie Ortiz, you know, the discussion that we just had. Uh, so we look forward for you to return in our November meeting to uh, bring the answers to, uh, to the November meeting for that agenda item um, in November. Uh, meanwhile, uh, a reminder for colleagues that we are previ we previously have discussed and, and decided that we will align our budget calendar along with the four supervisors with the city's uh, budget process. Therefore, in our meetings in December and January, we will be focusing um, those two meetings specifically on budget. Um, and, and so that will be what we're looking forward to um, in the coming months. And so with that, Madam Clerk, for public comment. Yes, for members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item, please press star three now to be added to the queue. Ms. Pena, do we have any callers ready to speak? We have one caller in the queue. Thank you. Caller, please go ahead. Yeah, Eric Brooks again with one last thing. Um, the, now that we have a new uh, public seat commissioner, Commissioner Fielder, who I, I noticed has left, um, the, we do need to make sure, it, the, in the past with the public seat, it's been hard to get contact information to be able to contact the person on the public seat of the LAFCO. So if we could make sure that in the next meeting, uh, as uh, Ms. Fielder joins us, that uh, we could make sure that uh, it's announced to the public her contact information that she wants to use for the commission so that it's easier for us to get a hold of her and for the public to get a hold of her 
because with the the commissioners that are also on the board of supervisors, that's simple. You just email their uh, SF government uh, email, but with the public seats, it's not that simple. So just please cover that base. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other callers? No more callers, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comments, public comments is closed. Uh, this is again also an information item. Uh, Madam Clerk, is there any other issue before us? That concludes our business for today. Thank you, colleagues. We will see you on November 19th. Friday, uh, Friday before Thanksgiving. So <laughs> we'll, we'll try to keep that one precise. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye. Thank you.